G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview the weekend of Saturday, August 15. I'm John Barker. Joining me as usual, Joel Marshall and Daniel Nuttall. Well, there really is a taste of spring in the air now, fellas, because it is PB Lawrence Stakes Day. It's black type in four states this Saturday and the PB Lawrence is the undoubted highlight with the Two-gun West Australians, Regal Power and Arcadia Queen across to take on reigning champ, Mystic Journey and Co. Well, as I've written in Best Bets and Winning Post this week, last year's Lawrence really didn't turn out to be much of a pointer for the spring. The 11 horses between them had 48 starts for the rest of the spring and did not win. Mystic Journey, of course, went on to run a uh, good race in the Cox Plate, running fifth, but uh, she too didn't win for the rest of the spring. I don't think that's going to happen this year, Joel. I think there'll be plenty of winners coming out of this field on Saturday. Yeah, you would like to think so, especially with the, the presence of the horses from the West. Obviously, Bob Peters and uh, Grant and Alana Williams have sent across a team based, uh, I think, at Brent Stanley's property. And uh, look, you know, you can just you just can't imagine any of these not being able to win a race deeper into the spring. They, you know, there's a a couple of these that uh, might struggle to win a race, but uh, you'd have to think there's going to be at least four or five of these are going to be able to notch up a win and, and perhaps even in some of the feature races. Daniel, the uh, I think probably nine of the past 12 winners of the Lawrence Stakes, which I'm contractually obliged to inform, or to remind everyone used to be called the Liston, um, <laughs> as uh, they've been first up. Uh, and obviously we've got some real stars resuming this time, but there's a few... But I've just got to run under the belt. Uh, any chance of uh, a sneaky, uh, you know, a, a bit a bit of a roughy sort of upsetting the apple cart, bearing in mind that uh, the horses that have come through this race and won big races through the spring have generally tended to be the ones running on in behind, not so much the winner of the race. Uh, do you think it's going to be a first upper or a, or a one with a bit of race fitness on side? Yeah, you could call a sneaky chance to one of the um, to one of the race runners, I guess, for this preparation. But yeah, as you touched on, the class is certainly the horses that are resuming, and um, I tend to think that the winner will come from that lot there. But um, yeah, giving one of them a ch- one of the race runners anyway this prep a chance. But we'll touch on that a bit later. All right. Well, very soon uh, we will be the boys Daniel and Joel will be pointing to later on in the uh, podcast their horses to follow uh, this spring. So that is something to look forward to as well as Lazy Lobsters. But first we will take you uh, through all the city racing around Australasia this Saturday. Our best and value bets there and uh, all the black type races at those four venues I mentioned. We will start at Caulfield where the first of the black type races is race five. It is the Ned's Vane Stakes, 1100 metres, three-year-old Colts and Geldings, Set weights and penalties at Group 3 level, Joel. Uh, number two, Larimer Street for me, and I think he's the one that's over the odds. A good each-way play. He's showed a stack of talent in his two-year-old career. Probably should have won the English Millennium. A little, you know, little bit sort of iffy on that form line, but he should have won it. He did end up uh, winning a listed race, and he was probably over the top. You know, he had a couple of trips to Sydney, struck that heavy eight track and, and failed in the sires. I think we can forget that. Uh, Damien Oliver's been going to Cranbourne to ride this bloke and a couple of others in jump outs the past few weeks. He seems to be going well. I think he's over the odds. Three rulership, I think, is the one to beat. 
got the experience of having been down here before. Obviously, through that Blue Diamond series, uh, seems to be trialling up well in Sydney. Six Hydro Star, bit of a sprute course, this bloke. He was uh, impressive on debut. Uh, this is a, a lot tougher, but um, certainly has to be a winning hope. I think they're the main ones. And I'll throw number five, Ranting, in for fourth. Uh, still a maiden, but both runs in that first prep indicated talent. Two from three, six and five for me. I'm a big fan of the two at the top of the market and rulership and Hydro Star and sort of pay attention to how the track's playing at Caulfield. I've been um, a couple of instances over the last uh, two or three months where it's been a little bit leader bias, Ooh. hard to make ground, a little bit, yeah, <laughs> being polite. Um, and rulership is the horse that will sort of be up on the up on the pace there. Drawn three, you will expect to settle on the first couple in running, whereas Hydro Star will, will likely, from barrier nine, um, be at the back. So... Um, interesting to see how the track's playing. Oh, look, I'm going to be with Hydro Star on top. Uh, they've obviously had the match fitness on his side. The sprue course, as Joel said, a, a big debut winner at Sandown. Did plenty wrong there. Um, wanted to run about, but still thrashed. A, a pretty decent field. Some horses in behind him that they had sort of um, a good form in town prior. Uh, I think he's only going to improve up to 1,100 metres. And uh, as if they're running on, he'll be the one to hold out. Rulership, a yeah, big fan of this cold. He was very good at Randwick on a dry track. First up, um, last preparation for running well around Hanseatic, Tagaloa, those sort of types. Uh, the eight in, sorry, sorry, the um, the five in for third, which is Ranting, who's first up, won a jump out in readiness for this. Um, thought enough, highly enough to take to a group three in Adelaide, where had his chance on the speed, but can only manage a minor placing. And in for fourth, I have the nine, keep on fighting at a bigger price. Six, three, five, nine. And for more information on Hydro Star, turn to page 102 of your winning post this week. Daniel's got an interview with uh, James O'Brien from Lauriston Thoroughbred Farm. Good story, Daniel, and uh, convinced me so much mm. that uh, I made Hydro Star my best on the program to beat Rulership Larimer Street and Ranting, 6325. Race six at Caulfield on Saturday, second of the black type races, first leg of the quaddy, Beck Pro Build, Quisette Stakes. This is the Phillies division. Uh, it is like the vein, set weights and penalties at Group 3 level. Joel? Well, Parlophone was uh, good to me a couple of weeks ago in Adelaide, uh, heavily backed, double figures in and, and bolted in. No knock on her. She's going to be hard to beat. But uh, there's another one in this that I am a big fan of, and I speak of number 12, Agreeable. I was very surprised to see to check out the 1,000 guineas markets this week and see that she's equal favourite for that race. So obviously there are a lot of people that... Liked her debut win at Geelong. She'd trialled super before that. She ran right up to it. She's jumped out well since. Uh, she'll just get smothered away here. And if she gets the breaks, I think she'll be very, very hard to beat. And no knock on Parlophone, as I said, but she's $2.50 now. So everyone's uh, cottoned on and, and she's going to be really hard to beat. Uh, 10 drone strike, I think's overs uh, from the McArdle yard. She had no luck at all on debut in the Blue Diamond preview. Uh, won the maiden and then finished second to Hollyfield, who went up to Sydney and stakes competitor for resumes in the up and coming. So some form lines around her that aren't too bad. And two River Knight that needs to step up a little bit against this sort of grade, but um, has that inside draw. She'll put herself on speed and she can run a bit of a cheeky race. Uh, I'm keen on agreeable. I've made her the best of the day. Parlophone a danger. 12 from 3, 10 and 2. Yeah, really like Parlophone. Um, it was I thought she'd run well on that lightning stakes at her in the numbers 
that day at 52 kilos and was back to the unbeatable. And she, she ran like it. She ran all over the top of them. And it was a pretty good field she beat there, I thought, that lightning stakes. And Andy Types in behind her. She's come back very well. This prep was a second win of the campaign. One first up at Sandown, the form behind her. And that race has um, since stood up okay as well. Um, very talented filly and 57 kilos drawn well. Um, should be spotting too, too much of a lead on the turn. Um, I think she can round these up. So the three on top, Parlophone. Seven and next, which is fresh. Another first uh, upper from the Snowden camp. Won her debut. Beat personal by three lengths. A horse I'll um, cover a little bit later on in that, that spring. Uh, horses to watch in the spring section. Um, just a bit of a fail last start when leading in the, in the prelude. Then spelled after that. I thought the jump out was very good. Uh, can win this first up. Miss Bassetti, the one overs, has former Empilophone at Sandown. Um, there wasn't far off Hydro Star last start. Um, over the odds for this, in short. And one of the start spellers down the bottom, um, I can too. Um, good in a pretty handy race at Warnable. First up, put away after that. Um, I think it has plenty of abilities. Need some luck from that from that draw. Se- uh, three, seven, eight, and 13. I went with Parlophone too. To beat Ariaf, I thought... Uh... Possibly the forgotten filly here. Certainly uh, the two fresh runs uh, as a two-year-old would measure up here. Has to give him a kilo. Um, Agreeable, Joel's pick for third. And CRS, no luck whatsoever coming to town second up. I thought that was a good run. Does have to continue with barrier 13 this time. 3, 1, 12 and 11 for me. Race 7, second leg of the quaddy. At Caulfield on Saturday, Evergreen Turf, Regal Roller Stakes. Uh, this is 1,200 metres, and it's an interesting event, Joel. It is indeed. Uh, going for one who's stepping up a fair bit in grey, but I've always liked him, and he returned with a really good win down the straight. I speak of Bumper Blast. He probably got under people's guard a little bit first up. I, he clearly looked the best horse in the race, just whether 1,000 metres was going to be too sharp, uh, but it wasn't. He won easily. I think he can continue to go through the grades. This is a decent jump, but um, and you know he's five or six dollars, so he's well found. But I think he's going to be hard to beat. Two Viridine, racing really well. He's got sixty-two kilos, obviously, but he's going to get a gun run and, and be there about six. Age of Chivalry is a real talent. He was a little bit disappointing first up in the Rubiton uh, back in the uh, earlier this year, and then he finished third, beaten again as favourite. So maybe he just didn't come up. Uh, he'll improve when he gets over a bit further, but he can certainly run well. And three, be good to your mother. Um, probably in the same camp. He'll improve when he gets to 1,400, but he's good enough to run well. I've gone eight from two, six, and three. Yeah, I thought this was a pre- pretty tough race. Look, six or seven of these, you can make a good winning case for. Um, won't be backing anything with too much confidence, but I sort of I tend to agree with what Joel said regarding Age of Chivalry. I just didn't think he was at his best last preparation. Uh, he's still competitive, but... The spring form um, this time last year or thereabouts last year was terrific. Obviously, second to Rupert Clark and really likes Caulfield. Goes well first up and drawn barrier one, likely leader of the field. Takes him running down, I would have thought. So six on top, the two and next Viridini. Yeah, the 62 kilos at the query, but um, maps to get all the favours. The eight bumper blast. Uh, look, I, I knew he was a talented horse, but wasn't expecting him to win over 1,000 metres down the straight. Fresh, I think that just goes to show how well he's come back in this time in. In capable hands, Robert, Robert Hickmont stable and expecting good things from him in this preparation. And the one in next Jungle Edge, of course, with the big weight, but uh, likely to be racing on a wet track and has to be included. Six, two, eight and one. 
Yeah, Joel, you uh, had a an interview with Kevin Corston's uh, re she shall fly uh, prior to that last start when she stepped up to wait for age, and I thought to myself, well, good story, um, but no hope of uh, winning and not much hope of running a place, and didn't. Ran fifth, but ran pretty well. And uh, I, I think uh, the drop here back to a handicap where six kilos off Jungle Edge and Viridine um, brings She Shall Fly in uh, with a chance. I made her my value bet for the day. I got Jungle Edge and Viridine second and third without any great deal of confidence. You couldn't have Jungle Edge unless it was serious rain. In fact, I wouldn't really, you know, I, I wouldn't be certain he'd be starting unless it. Uh, it got seriously wet with that uh, 62 kilos. And I've got Age of Chivalry uh, for uh, Orth, but obviously I'll be putting Bumper Blast in and yeah, maybe even Be Good to Your Mother, maybe maybe as a, maybe as a spring type. Uh, my numbers, though, 9126. Race 8 is the big one at Caulfield on Saturday. PB Lawrence Stakes, uh, 1,400 metres, Standard weight for age at Group 2 level, uh, worth $200,000 this year. Joel? Yeah, tricky race. Hard to assess with you know so many resuming. I've lent the way of number five, Cascadian. I thought when the TAB had $51 on Tuesday off nominations, I thought, well, he's not going to be running here, but he does pop up, and now he's about $15. So um, he is uh, a talent, this bloke. Um, just, I think, getting better with each sort of preparation. Savage the line first up in Sydney last time in. That was 1,200 metres. Then he went on to uh, to race pretty competitively. Didn't have all favours in the Doncaster at the end of his prep. He goes well fresh. He's been trialling well. I think he's a good each-way play. Eight Mystic Journey, hard to beat. She's an absolute jet. Loved her first up run. Her cameo appearance uh, earlier this year over the 1,200. Really good run behind Love and Gabby. Winner of this race last year, obviously. She'll be very hard to beat. One regal power I've lent uh, to him as being the, the pick of the Grant and Alana Williams pair. He was getting home late in the Peter Young, first up in the autumn, and then really hit his straps at his next couple. He can seem probably just improving with this run. He's never won fresh, never won 1,400. Has won at 13, though, mind you, um, in much weaker company. And 10 Savitiano has been well-backed. She's a good, honest mare. She won a Group 2 mare's race fresh last prep and then bumped into the Bostonian. Um, this is probably her chance to get a real big group, you know, sort of a big feature group race against all comers um, just because she goes well fresh and might be hitting this sort of at the right time. I've gone five from eight, one and ten. Yeah, I was keen on Savatiano in uh, Missile in Sydney last week before she was scratched and um, drawn barrier three here for the seven kilos. It's um, have to put her on top again. Uh, just flies fresh. Um, best best work at the start of a preparation and Tanzel's all conditions. I uh, really love the trial in Sydney. So ten on top. Savatiano eight Mystic Journey and next of course Joel alluded to won this race. First up um, last preparation. Of course I thought her preparation. In the spring was was pretty good. Of course, people were expecting much bigger things from her, wanting to anoint her the next winks and whatnot. But I thought she's she's gone okay that prep, and of course, run very well in a Cox Plate. Um, yeah, so classy, classy mare, obviously can win this. The nine in for third, Arcadia Queen. I think the pick of the two Williams runners for mine. Um, I'm beaten first up, and in for third, uh, in for fourth over the five. I thought Cascadian was a good roughie as well. Goes well fresh and. Um, 
you know, we'll be we'll be running off here as well. A little unlucky in the Doncaster, his last start. Uh, I think one over the odds and worth throwing into as wider exotics. Ten, eight, nine, and five. Yeah, I went for Arcadia Queen, um, just as the more likely of the West Australians to be ready to win fresh, as you say, Daniel, unbeaten uh, fresh. Was impressive in Sydney fresh last time in and then just probably not suited chasing those, well, you know, back back in distance to the Everest and then and after Golden Eagle was an afterthought. But um, chasing that money this time... Uh, I'd be expecting her to win a good race this prep. This might not be it, but I got her on top from the stable mate, Regal Power, uh, my old friend, Mystic Journey, and I've got Kingswood Dream in for fourth, nine, one, eight, and two. That wraps up the black type at uh, Caulfield. The last leg, we're all in agreement that uh, another one of these sand gropers in showmanship uh, is going to be the one to beat anyone. Uh, Joel, you want to make a case for showmanship? Well, they're sort of, um, you've heard little sort of murmurings that they're trying to get an Everest slot. So we really should be cleaning this slot up if that's going to be the case. Um, he's just gone on his winning way, this prep over in the West. And well, I thought the tab might've been a little bit generous and sort of open, you know, 240, 250, but uh, I think odds on straight away. So they're not giving Ooh. much away. He's uh, very hard to beat. Um, one out in a quaddy and Probably for a smaller percentage, I'll take another quaddy with El Questro, Wilmot Pass, and Otorto, and I don't think anything else can win. All righty. Uh, well, you've heard about our specials for this program because my best was Hydro Star, race five, number six. My value bet was race seven, number nine, She Shall Fly. Joel and Daniel going head-to-head with their best. Daniel, race six, number three, Parlophone. Joel, race six, number 12, Agreeable. Also head-to-head with their value bets, Daniel Race. Eight, number 10, Savitiano. Joel Race, eight, number five, Cascadian. And we now switch across to Royal Randwick, the venue for Sydney Racing on Saturday, where the big race is race number seven. It is the Quincy Seltzer up-and-coming stakes. 1,300-metre group three for three-year-olds, Joel. Yeah, I'm with the Team Hawks Colt here in North Pacific. Uh, They don't often throw their horses into the deep end on debut. They did with him. He tackled the group two, silver slipper, kept very safe in betting, settled second half of the field and ran on well behind Farnan to grab third. Thought his first up win uh, five weeks ago there at Rose Hill was outstanding. Fastest last 200 of the day, ran quicker time than... The Flying Vada did later on the card. He's had a nice tune-up trial since uh, with James McDonald aboard. I think he's a very hard to beat North Pacific. Will save at double figures on number five, Salvestra, because uh, I think he's sort of, you know, one that's snuck under the guard a little bit. He did on debut at double figures, came off the back of the well-backed in Vagel and just got there on the line. It just showed a bit of endeavour that day. There was a gap to third. He's trialled well, drawn nicely. He might be the knockout six-yard stick. He was a good trialer before that debut win at Canterbury where he went to the front, gave nothing else a chance. He's been well-backed in early markets and three smart image. Couldn't have done too much more today. Two from two. He's fit in form and drawn well. But two on top for me from five, six and three. You have to agree. North Pacific hard to beat. One of those wins first up is just to stand up and take notice. It was very impressive. Um, Obviously, this is a... 
a tougher race, but there were some pretty handy horses in behind him that day, and he did it quite easily. James McDonald goes on, and I think he's in for a um, terrific spring wherever, wherever he heads the two. A three, a next smart image, as Joel said, two from two can't done too much wrong um, this time in. They're clearly the two as the market would suggest. I think the five is a good roughie, though. Starts Bella Silvestre. And in for fourth, I have the 11. Oh, sorry, in fourth, I have the um, four bazooka. Two, one, five, and four. All righty. Well, Joel, your best was race seven, number two, North Pacific. Talk us through your value bet, which comes up in the following race. That's race eight, number 13, Oliferous. Yeah, look, she hasn't won for a while, this girl, not since the Adrian Knox, April 2019, but she's been very competitive uh, ever since. First up, last prep at 1,400. She ran on from last to run second, well beaten, but was chasing a good one in Master of Wine. I think she just needs to run up to that to be going close. Blinkers on first up. She's only had the blinkers once. They didn't really work. That was earlier in her career. Um, But I think she trialled really well in blinkers a couple of weeks ago. Just a bit of intent first up. Uh, Andrew Gibbons to town with the 53 kilos. And a funny race this because a lot of sort of staying types resuming. And um, just, you know, I know she's better over a bit further as well, but I think with the blinkers on, she can be sharp enough to run really well at 1,400. All right, Daniel, your best comes up a little bit earlier in the program. In fact, these uh, specials combined with the... uh... Combined with the stakes race, will uh, give us something to back in each leg of the quaddy. We start in the first leg of the quaddy for you, Daniel. Race six, number three, a theory. Pretty keen on her bucks. Uh, presents first up here on the back of a uh, very nice trial at Hawkesbury. Uh, look, the speed on this race, um, which means that she'll get a chance and from back of the field. And just her, her form sort of throughout the spring last year um, just reads really well for a for a benchmark 78 of this depth. Um, a game, um, I think she'll be hard to beat. I think the Godolphin runners of late anyway in Sydney have been have been presented well first up in their assignments and I think it should be no different here. So theory, the best of the day, race six, number three. And the value comes up in the last. Uh, lightly race Julian Rock, who's second up today. Uh, sort of missed the kick first up, but ran on okay there without threat. I think otherwise... Uh, sorry, the, the, the step up to, se- to second up here um, will suit and carries three kilos off to Tommy Sherry's claim. Um, don't think it's a very deep race, that one. So happy to go each way on Julian Rock. Race nine, number three. All right. In Adelaide, they are racing on the course proper at Morfordville. And there is, as I mentioned, a stakes race, which is one in which uh, there often are, uh, you often do get a horse for the spring stepping out, and I speak of the uh, spring stakes, and that is race number, I'm just having a look at it, here it is, race seven, David A. Coles, I am spring stakes, David A. Coles, the late David A. Coles, now in fact has his own race, uh, somewhere else on the calendar, as do uh, Claire Lindock, Leon McDonald, and uh, Letsy, I think, have all recently had uh, races named after them, which is uh, good news. Good to see uh, some of these real contributors getting recognised. Anyway, race seven, as I mentioned, it is the spring stakes. It is a group three standard weight for age, and there are a few handy types resuming, most notably, I guess, Dallas Ann didn't quite uh, get to the 
get to the heights last spring, but uh, has proved himself uh, one of the uh, better ones going around. Daniel, um, but you are with probably uh, more of an up-and-comer just to beat Dallasan. That's right. I think both are in for um, good good campaigns this time in Barks, but I think Behemoth, who is the current favourite um, and resuming, is probably the one to go with here over Dallas Ann. 1,200 metres first up anyway. Um, Dallas Ann, a very versatile t- type who has won a couple of times over the trip before. But, yeah, as you said, Behemoth, uh, up in Camo, has looked good in, um, in jump outs. And first up last time in, in Adelaide, it was second behind Jungle Edge on a, on a wet track in, in a group three and then went to a, a Goodwood and got a long way back and, and hit the line nicely. Um, I think there's a good race in him this time in. Um, and I think this will, will start off this campaign with a win. So Behemoth on top, Dallasan in for second. But the four in next, uh, so the four in the numbers as well, more than exceed. Rockhard fit, comes out of a, a Mildura Cup at Swan Hill, led all the way and did it pretty easily as well, waited in front by Michael Poy. Coming around was the runner-up that day. That horse is, of course, impressively won at Flemington last Saturday. The form stacks up, and as I mentioned, he's, um, he's Rockhard fit and drawn one will certainly park himself up there and give him something to chase. So throw into to your exotics, more than exceed at double figures. Uh, the 11, I think, is also worth uh, uh, throwing into wider exotics. That's Rainmoth, who's a six-year-old mare. Lightly race, only had the eight starts. Bumped into Octane last start. Wasn't far away from that horse. Um, Octane's come out and won at Flemington impressively as well. Um, she's unbeaten second up, Rainmoth, and um, I think certainly gets to go in to any sort of wider quaddies. You might have two, one, four, eleven in the spring stakes. Any thoughts about that, Joel? Uh, Dallas Sand for me, number one to beat two behemoth, and then down towards the bottom, they might be the value. Twelve extra time. I liked his national stakes win with the blinkers on. Went to the front and did a good job. And uh, of course, Dallas Sand won this race last year as a three-year-old for the same stable. And Rain Moth certainly. I'd like following mares in these stakes races in Adelaide. They tend to bob up. And, uh, you know, she's got a bit of form through Bumper Blast. She chased Octane first up. So there's a bit of depth to her form. She might be the value. Daniel, your best comes up in the previous race six. And I speak of number three, Amini. Yeah, not sure he uh, she beat a whole lot at Balaclava first up, but it was a style which she did it, which uh, caught my eye. She came to the outside and uh, she put them to the sword pretty easily. She was extremely dominant, Um of course, up a couple of notches in grade here. But really, it's a it's a race with a long tail. There's only maybe three or four genuine winning chances, and she's the best of those. I think she'll be hard to beat in this. 260, good price for her. I think she's um, going places this Sebring mare, and um, I think I'll be on her in this race six, number three. The value comes up in race eight. Uh, pivotal force is one I made value at bigger odds. We went right that day, and... Only finished three lengths from the winner. Um, but, yeah, probably should have finished much closer with even luck. Then stepped out of Balaclava in a midweek meeting, well-ridden and was far too good. Um, up in grade for this, but carries two and a half, or three kilos left after the, three kilos less after the train to Jess Eaton. And I think he's a, he's only likely race 12 starts as a five-year-old. And I think he's going places fourth up. I think can win again, pivotal force, uh, $12 and the market's underappreciated him here. So race eight, um, race eight, number nine, pivotal force, my value in Adelaide. Joel, any other thoughts on Morphville? No, that's it for me, Bart. All right. Eagle Farm, the venue for Brisbane racing on Saturday, expecting a good four track. 
Things get underway fairly early over there at 11.28 local time. And, Daniel, you are getting us some cash fairly early on the card to spend later in the day. Yeah, super contender in the third is pretty short, but I think he should be winning. I think he's the best of the day anywhere in, in the country. Um, really impressive horse for mine from the Chris Wallace stable. Had three starts all at the Gold Coast. He's won two of those. His last start in a class one, um, didn't beat much, but ridden like the best horse in the race, sat three wide on the speed and showed an electric turn of foot to, um, to race clear. It was, it was a really impressive win of the eye. I think he can um, only improve with racing and he meets a uh, no Metro Winsfield here that he should be getting away with this. I would have thought. Um, so a dollar ninety put into your multiples, you caught into your all ups is the best of the day in at Brisbane race three. And the value comes up in the next race. Zulu, Dancer, the six. Uh, she hasn't had much go right for her the last couple of starts. She was hitting form earlier in the preparation. She won two in a, two in a row. Um, and then, yeah, the last two starts, as I, as I touched on, not much has gone right. Um, sort of strung up in traffic. I think on the Eagle Farm track, though, and from Barry Tan, she'll be able to get back and um, there's enough speed on for her to, to make an impact down the outside and coming with a late run. So each way, Zulu, Dancer, the value. Race four, number six. Anything for you at Eagle Farm, Joel? No, nothing for me, uh, Bucks. Okay, we head west to Belmont. There is a listed race over there as well. It is race seven, Heineken Belmont Newmarket, over 1,200 metres. And BJ Ryan's best of the day comes up in race seven. It is number one, free trade, with number four, Floyd, the only danger. And BJ's value bet comes up in the last race nine, number four, around about eight bucks, and that is Annihilator. Earlier in the day across the Tasman, Joel, just the one venue going ahead with uh, the COVID scare, which I see they got another 13 cases uh, on Thursday, and they are looking for patient zero. We are looking for winner one. <laughs> and Rickerton. Well done. Indeed. <laughs> uh, best value for Rickerton. Well, it is a very early race, one number five. Good Anya, who was sort of up there on the turn at a big price, kept fighting on, didn't get disgraced, sort of got tightened up a little bit late. And I thought the debut was pretty good at a big price. Will be fitter for that, can press forward and run you a cheeky race. And the best, we'll try and bookend the program. Race 10, number four, where's Wally? He's had no luck, Wally, with the barrier draws. Uh, drew wide first up, but it didn't matter because he jumped well, put himself on speed and he bolted in. Last time, he was slow away, and that put him out of action. Uh, he gets out to 1,400, which is suitable. Barrier 21 on paper is horrible, but uh, he'll come in a few. And if he jumps, I think he can put himself close to the speed and be very hard to beat. He looked pretty handy when he scored on debut. All righty. Well, uh, that brings us, uh, that wraps up a big Saturday of racing around Australasia. And before we get to Lazy Lobsters, uh, our guest lobster uh, for the last couple of weeks, Drew Hallam, put in a request for uh, the boys' horses to follow over the spring. So we'll start with you, Joel. All right. Well, I've sort of, uh, yeah, gone through the black book and a few of the feature race. I've come up with 10 horses, and they're not necessarily pointing them out to, to sort of any feature race in particular, but just ones to follow. You might be able to get a quid out of in the next few months. Uh, the first one is, I've gone through an alphabetical order. The first one is Agreeable. We've already spoken about her, so I think you can follow her through the spring, hopefully, with immediate rewards on Saturday. Uh, the second one is Aidens Field, a filly from the Hayes Dabinig Yard. She's two from two, so 
Um, you know, she's already showed herself to be a smart filly, but I think she's one that could get under punter's guard again. Uh, first start was a $15 price. She then went to a Sunday race at Sandown and won again. I think when she comes back into work, she's sort of one with that winter wet form that just might be able to continue to improve. Uh, Ander Mart from the Cummings Yard, the Schnitzel Colt, very impressive debut winner at Kembla Grange and then excellent second behind Anders, which just looks red hot form now. I'm not sure what he's going to go to. He's Golden Rose, Caulfield Guineas nominated. He might be more of a sprinting type. We haven't seen him back at the trials yet, so be keen to see him trial in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the John Thompson trained Mama Reagan had to love what he did in that first campaign. Skyline win, a slipper third and a size third in that first prep. And probably a good thing beaten in the size. Just got too far back, lost his spot and got shuffled back. Uh, his recent trial I thought was excellent. Master of Wine, everyone can label him. I had to include him in my 10 because of all, all the sort of, uh, you know, so-called stars, I think he's the one that could win any race they sort of target him at, whether it's a Caulfield Cup or a Cox Plate. Yeah, he'll be winning something big. He showed in the autumn with that wide run in the Queen Elizabeth uh, that he was up to that level. So I think he's sort of the one, of, you know, of the absolute top guns being spoken about, he's the one I'll be sticking with. Uh, Montia, three-year-old filly from the Hayes Dabenig Yard, I think's a nice filly. She's well-related, a debut winner at the Valley, and then a little bit disappointing next start behind Larimer Street. I think she's better than that, and I've liked her two recent jump-outs at Flemington. A maiden filly from the Chris Wally Yard by the name of Psychic. Uh, she's a daughter of Adelaide, out of a daughter of Champagne, so she's bred to stay. Both runs to date back in June were over the 1,200 metres, and I thought they were excellent runs. She's been nominated for the 1,000 guineas. So, look, she's going to improve as she gets over a bit of ground. Uh, there'll be a maiden win coming for her very shortly. Savannah Cloud, Savabeel Colt from the Philip Stokes Yard. I think it's a real must for your black book. Both his runs uh, within seven days, which is rare for a two-year-old to sort of back up within a week. But he did that, and he ran super at Flemington off that uh, sort of sprint, uh, sit-sprint tempo. And he just missed picking up the highly rated sense of honour. So I really liked what he did in that first prep. Uh, from the Ken and Casey Keys yard, a colt by the name of Winsome. Uh, tipped him to win the Blue Diamond Prelude on debut, and he got a long way back and charged at the line. I noticed he hasn't been entered for the Caulfield Guinea, so whether he is, in fact, going to be a spring player uh, or not, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe they're just thinking he's a sprinter. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see whether he does step out in the spring. And Zabrowski rounds out my top 10 I was a big fan of his through the autumn, this Savabeel gelding from the Hawks stable. He won a maiden at Newcastle, and then four weeks later, he was getting beaten a bare margin in the ATC derby. So he went a long way in a short space of time. Really liked his recent trial. I think he can uh, progress to a decent race this spring, Zabrowski. Hopefully, there is a, a couple of feature winners among that lot. Excellent. What about you, Dan? Yeah, it took a little bit of a different approach. I targeted a couple of races, I think, or a couple of horses that I think can win, uh, run well in particular races later in the spring. I start with the 1,000 guineas. Uh, one I mentioned on the podcast a few weeks back, which was Personal, who um, the Hayes and Davity team, um, I understand, will be first up in the Atlantic Jewel on September 5 and yeah, and aimed towards the 1,000 guineas, where, he's, where she's currently a $15 um, chance, a recent... Jump outs at Flemington with Damien Oliver aboard have been excellent from all reports um, from rider and trainer. And it gets a sense that she's come back um, stronger and better Philly, uh, Philly this time around. Of course, she was third in the Blue Diamond length behind uh, Tagaloa's um, 
form around Parlophone, which obviously reads well now for a bit of a flop in the slipper. Uh, I think she's one to follow this spring. And yeah, at a, at a price of $15, I can entertain for the 1,000 guineas because we know she'll be heading that way um, at this stage. And yeah, if she gets to race day, she'll certainly start a lot shorter than that. So personal, first one, choir. One from the Godolphin Yard, who I think's uh, a chance for the Derby, a real Derby type. Twenty five hundred meters, twenty five hundred meters will suit him down to the ground. From what he's shown so far, of course, in fourth in Byerley behind Alcione, probably found that horse a bit too brilliant. The stable mate, who's the current favourite for the Derby, um, but then went to a Mully Maiden and, and it was a pretty soft winner there over two thousand meters. So you can tell he just wants more and more ground. Um, Nineteen dollars for a Derby. We'll know we'll get the trip. Um, looks to be heading that way. I can entertain for him. And one who I haven't really got a race in mind for, but one I think we should follow um, throughout the spring is Wisdom of Water from the Price Kent Junior Stable. Of course, obviously was with Toby and Trent Edwards, Edmonds in Queensland. He's run re- quite well on a JJ Atkins sitting up on a hot speed there. Um, and then was put away and since sent down to Victoria where a race like the Coolmore, I think, might be a target at this stage. Um I don't think there's a market I could find for the Coolmore at the moment, but those sprinting races in the spring, he's a very talented colt, um, and I think the stable think quite highly of him. So wisdom of wisdom of water with that sort of, uh, I think Coolmore is the target, but I think it will be one to follow um, throughout this preparation. He's up and running quite early, and uh, yeah, follow this spring for sure, wisdom of water. All righty. Well, thanks very much for that comprehensive uh, spring preview wrap, guys. I'm sure the listeners will have appreciated that. And that brings us to the segment we like to call a Lazy Lobsters. Yes, thank you to Daryl Thompson-Turner and Suburban Rock Patrol for our Lazy Lobsters theme once again, suburbanrockpatrol.bandcamp.com. Well, we had a couple of collects last week. Uh, Tabby Dance won uh, much of the previous time I, I put in Tabby Dance, it was gone after about 30 metres, I felt, and this time they'd gone about 30 metres and I thought, yes, how far and how far indeed. Won by about six lengths, so that was good. Uh, Nutter, you got a, 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 profit, a profit there. Um, 20 in the 30, something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, 20 in the 30, yeah. Matty oh, Rossby uh, and a scratching. Um, yep. Now, Drew Hallam, uh, no luck with uh, Lord Markle, but well done, Drew retires uh, $60 in front, which uh, is something not a lot of us can say. Uh, <laughs> in fact, both our guest uh, lobsters so far have retired in front because Dale Scott, one start, one winner. And uh, was never heard from again. Uh, now, I will start with another guest this week. It is Sarah Chapman of Richmond, Victoria. And clearly, she is uh, in tune with BJ Ryan because we're going over to the West for that Belmont New Market. She is having 10 bucks on free trade and 10 on the one for Quinella free trade. And Floyd, I'm falling into a sprue course yet again. Hydro Star at... Caulfield, Joel. 
Oh, well, I've just had a bit of a switcheroo. I'm listening to Sarah Chapman's betting strategies just they're giving me a bit of a clue for mine. So I'm going to go 10. <laughs> I was going to clunk the whole 20 on agreeable, but to no, uh, smarter heads prevail. We'll go 10 a win agreeable, race 6, number 12, and a $10 Quinella with Parlophone, number 3. Uh, all right, so 3 and 12 Quinella. Yes, Daniel. Yeah, I said last week I'd ditch the multi if I um, couldn't get a winner, but I did get a winner. $10 profit, that'll do. So I'm going to... Continue with another two-leg multi. My best in Brisbane super contender at $1.90. Race three, all into Randwick. Race six, number three, Ethereum at about the 390 mark for some of the sums. Um, in my head, 20 into 148 if those two are to get up before scratchings, of course. Well, well, if you don't mind, well, uh, that certainly is something to look forward to. I Just one more thing, listeners. Uh, if you would like to be our guest lobster, there is no prize bar the glory, but uh, you can just have a look at the fields on Wednesday. Anything jumps out, send us an email by lunchtime Thursday, incoming at winningpost.com.au. Lazy lobsters in the subject line. That leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already, either online via winningpost.com.au or issue.com, that is I-S-S-U-U.com, search for Winning Post, or, of course, in your shops, first thing Friday morning. Uh, apologies to Tassie readers. COVID problem prevented us getting there at all last weekend, and it is just going to be we've booked a special freighter for Friday morning to get it over there, but it won't be on sale until Saturday morning. So apologies again for that. But that takes it out. It takes us out. For uh, a meaty preview podcast weighing in about 41 minutes. Uh, we'll have a great weekend, everybody. Back plenty of winners. We'll talk to you next week on the preview podcast.